Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Today, we're talking about succeeding at a freelance career. Starting one, developing one, and succeeding at a career that's freelance. My guest is Jill Ferguson. She's an award-winning writer, artist, business, and higher education consultant. She's also a serial entrepreneur and former professor and higher education administrator. In her new book, which is what we're talking about today, Creating a Freelance Career, Jill covers everything anyone needs to know about coming, becoming a freelance writer, a graphic designer, a copy editor, a photographer, a DJ, a makeup artist, an event planner, and any other creative occupation. Welcome, Jill. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. You know, it's um, one of the things you write, and I think it's true. Most freelancers have to learn by trial and error. And uh, which is, you know, what you say, and I think that's true. Um, explain what that means and explain what it really, really means to freelance. Um, so being a freelancer means that you're self-employed. You may or may not be an entrepreneur, depending on how you set up your freelance business. Um, and we can delve into that a little bit uh, if you want. But um, and it basically means that you set your own hours and you're your own boss, that you have contracts with clients, and whether they're corporate clients or whether they're individuals, and that you end up at the end of the tax year, if you're in the United States, you get a 1099 um, as opposed to a W-2. So right. that means that you're in charge of all of your own taxes and everything else that you have to pay out of your income. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you say that you may be an entrepreneur or you may not be, what's the difference between the two? So an entrepreneur, um, generally speaking and historically speaking, based on the definition of one, is one who sets up a business, um, a business entity, and is in charge of creating a product, finding customers for that or clients for that product, and then actually running a business. Some freelancers don't treat their work quite as an entrepreneur would. They Mm -hmm. may have a long-term contract with a magazine or with a recording studio if they're a musician and work as a contract employee like that. Um, Uber drivers are another example of freelancers. They receive Mm. a 1099 from Uber, um, but they may not consider themselves very entrepreneurial. I see. Yeah, there is a. I see the difference, right? My work would be very entrepreneurial because I'm I'm a radio (laughs) broadcaster. Yeah, you know, and I find uh, and I find sponsors for my own programs. So that's that's my own thing. That's true. Yeah, and there is a difference. You do too, right? Is also very entrepreneurial in the coaching. That you do to clients. That's true. Clients. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's very rewarding. But there's something you wrote that I I read and I loved and I thought we've really got to share this with listeners because uh, I didn't have this when I first started, Jill. 
<laughs> I just kind of <laughs> jumped in. I didn't read any of this. So I think it would be very important for people to know the benefits and the drawbacks of being a freelancer instead of a traditional employee. So do okay. you want me to read them or do you want to read them? Either one. Um, go ahead. You, know, you, you, you read them, but, oh, but go ahead. So, Start with the benefits. Yeah, so the benefits are that you do get to be your own boss. Um, so you report to, you know, only yourself, that you get to set your own hours. You can work from anywhere, literally anywhere, especially That's with right. the Internet and all That's of our right. electronics today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That um, part, by the way, can, that part I love. That part I yeah, really love. That's very I, exciting. I do, too. I, yeah. I do, too. I absolutely love that. I, and not only can you work from anywhere, but you can work with people from anywhere. Right. Um, you, right. you can choose your clients and your collaborators. They could be anywhere in the world. You can choose the work that you do. And you can also create a career that's very multifaceted. And we just mentioned about yours where you have you know, your radio show, but you also do coaching and mm-hmm. um, and consulting and various kinds of other things that that make your career very uniquely yours. Yes. Um, and, right, you yes. can I'm pursue doing, what Right, I'm doing yeah. a television pilot now uh, for television. So yes, it it is. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I want to hear but more about that later. <laughs> but, but what's interesting though about this, and I'd love you to address this, is that even though my work is multifaceted, I, it's the mm-hmm. same vision for everything. Yes. And so I, th- I think yeah. that because sometimes you know people have said to me, "Well, gee, I see you everywhere. You're all over the place," and that kind of tells me, "Do you know what I do?" Because as a producer. <laughs> You're producing different things. I'm not just producing yeah. one thing. Yeah. So I, and, I think that, go ahead. And, you know, I was going to say that that's a really valuable point because, you know, I have, a, I have a company that I founded called Women's Wellness Weekends, and I do, as you said, consulting and writing and editing, and I do coaching for individuals and for businesses, and I, and I do all of these things. And it didn't occur to me actually until last year, towards the end of the year where I was reading a marketing book and a branding book and I started thinking about, you know, what's the thread between everything that I do? And the thread for me is that I I actually, everybody that I work with, I help them exceed whatever their expectations were or or are. Um, and, And so I think that even if you do multiple things and you have, you know, multiple titles and multiple hats, that that. Because you're uniquely you, you bring you to the table and, you know, you, and you do your thing regardless in what right. venue it is. Yeah, and that's very interesting because for me, the common thread for me is that I'm the catalyst pollinator. So basically what I'm ah, doing nice. is I'm sharing, I'm getting the work of all of this out there. So I'm pollinating mm-hmm. what you do out there. I'm pollinating what this one does out there. So I'm really kind of um, a catalyst, if you will. For all yeah, of this. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so. And so it, while you get to be the catalyst, right, you also get to take the tax deduction <laughs> for what you do. That's yeah. one of the other benefits. And, um, and sometimes you can save money on expenses. If you do a lot of work from home, for example, you may not need as fancy of clothes as you did when you worked in the business world and you don't need to drive as many places. So you may save on gas and car expenses and all those kinds of things. Yeah. But um, the drawbacks are also, you know, just as numerous as the benefits. And, and that is the first and foremost that you really have to find your own work and your own clients. 
And Mm -hmm. that can be very challenging for people, especially when you're starting out and you're not quite sure where to look or you know where to look, but you're not sure how to persuade people that you're the person for the job. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other drawbacks is that nobody does set your schedule or tell you where you have to be. And one of the artists, that's a case study in my book was talking about how after she graduated from university, when she knew she had a set schedule and had to be somewhere and then started being an artist by herself, she said Mm -hmm. it was very difficult. Um, You know, she lives near the beach in California and she said, and it would be like, Oh, it's a really nice day today. I should go to the beach (laughs) instead of doing work. Right. So you have to be disciplined and set your own schedule and stick to a schedule. Um, mm-hmm. You also need to be in charge of your own taxes, your own insurance, your own retirement planning. You, under, you need to understand how to do a lot of things like bookkeeping and web design and social media marketing and all of the things that a, a contemporary business mm-hmm. needs. Um, and if you can't figure out how to do some of those things, you need to either have really good friends, relatives um, that could help you with it, or you need to be able to hire other freelancers that can help you with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you need to understand contracts and negotiations, and there's a whole section of that in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And and my one of my favorite drawbacks, I think, um, is the fact that sometimes your work life and your life life don't feel very separate uh, when you work for yourself. There can be a lot of overlap. And, into and, your time. and you know, you know, Jill, I I don't know if that's a drawback for me. I mean, yeah. I feel I feel like my life is my life. I don't separate the two mm-hmm. because I love what I do. So, it, it, like, this interview is not work to me. This is not work. And you would say, oh, yeah. well, you're working. You're doing your show. And I'd say, no, I'm not working. I'm talking to somebody who's interesting. Do you see what I mean? I don't, I yeah. don't separate oh, and them. And I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Um, I think that the, the problem that comes in for some people is that they are on their phones or on their computers kind of incessantly, right? And they feel like they have to because oh, they're self-employed respond to emails. Yeah, yeah. And I, no, I balance it. instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. And yeah, I do I think you're, with, what you said is important. You need to balance it. You need to, like, so yeah. in between this, I might go swim and then come back and do work. Mm-hmm. And then I might go out yeah. and then come back. It, it's a balance. Well, and, and you made a highly important point, I think, that the work that you're doing should be fun for you. If you And it should be interesting, even though it feels like work sometimes. Um, but it, you know, it really needs to feed your soul. Uh, otherwise, uh, yes. being self-employed may not be the way to go for you, or you may not have chosen the right business for yourself. Yeah. Um, but And then your business's success or failure depends almost solely on you. Um, and that can be pretty heavy for some people um, and to not have the security that you did when you got a regular paycheck. Yeah. Um, and also, if you do work from home and it, say, let's say you're a freelance um, coder or computer software engineer or something, you can feel socially isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps to, you know, get out, walk the dog and um, see people. Absolutely. And then um, also it can be easily distributed. Uh, you can get easily distracted um, in your own home, if, even if you're by yourself, or 
you can get easily distracted if you're working from a workspace like WeWork or one of those or from a Starbucks or whatever. Um, sometimes it can be distracting to be in those places. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, these are really good, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Jill Ferguson, who's the author of Creating a Freelance Career, uh, about why more people are freelancing than before, what are some of the best strategies that freelancers can follow to make meaningful business connections, and you know what? Uh, how do you handle workloads? So we'll be talking about that and much more when we come back right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with Jill Ferguson. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And we're talking about succeeding at a freelance career with my guest, Jill Ferguson. Her new book is Creating a Freelance Career, and it's all about how do you create it and sustain it and enjoy it, and that's what we're talking about with Jill. Welcome back, Jill. Thank you. All right, and Jill is an award-winning writer, artist, a business and higher education consultant, a serial entrepreneur, 
and a former professor in higher educating, educating education administrator. So she's done it all, right, Jill? I mean, you've been from, you've been employed and you've been an entrepreneur. Yes, and sometimes I've done both simultaneously. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, what do you think are some of the best strategies that a freelancer can follow to make meaningful connections with potential clients? Okay, so um, networking, number one, is just huge. And the networking that you do needs to be both offline and online, regardless of what industry you're in. Um, There's industry-specific groups on LinkedIn and Facebook. Sometimes on Facebook, they're called secret groups, Um, so it takes a little digging to find them. Um, There's professional organizations that you can join in every field. Um, And the, the thing that I remind myself constantly is that every interaction that we have, whether it's a personal interaction with somebody or a professional interaction, is a form of networking. Um, because you never know when the person that you're talking to is going to need your services or know somebody who's going to need your services that can recommend Mm. you. Um, And the other things that you need is you really need to have your own website, um, either in the name of your business or your own name, depending on what kinds of things you do. Um, And it needs to be a search engine optimized so that people can find you, which also then means it needs to be regularly updated with fresh content. Um, And if you're, let's say, a musician or a writer, you need to go to open mic nights. You need to go to places where you can read your work in front of other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And you need to go to conferences to network. Um, And at the events you really need to follow up with the people that you've met. I mean, all of us have been to places and gotten lots of business cards, and then we don't do anything with the business cards. And that's not really the way to go in this. And if you connect with people on LinkedIn, send them a little note. And it doesn't have to be a salesy note. It just needs to say, hi, you know, I'd like to know more about what you do. Right. And thank you for connecting with me. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, the salesy notes tend to turn people off, right? (laughs) No question. And uh, I really have built my business on networking. There's no question. And sometimes it just comes from just talking to somebody uh, who's in the know, just asking for advice and a name might. That's That's what happened to me with my Rhode Island Public Television. I went to see someone in the state who was very influential, knew a lot of people, and I was just chatting about what I was doing and how I wanted to expand. And I mentioned something I had done on public television 20 years ago, and they said, well, what about the station here? And the next thing I knew, I had an introduction, and the next thing I knew, I got in. Right. There you go. Very nice. Yeah. But you don't know. It's amazing how quickly things like that happen. Yeah. Right. But again, you have to just keep trying, and that's, that's the part. You always have to be on top of it. So, Jill, how, do, how can a freelancer turn a part-time position or gig into a small business? Okay, so the first thing that I recommend is that if you, if you have um, a part-time job and you have a day job, like a regular full-time job too, if you have a part-time thing for yourself and the day job, make sure that you that, – you know, that if, you, if it's a part-time idea that you think that I want to start this, um, do it part-time on the side for a little while, see how it goes, um, and make sure that it fits your personality, that it, you know, seems like it would be expandable before you jump in full-heartedly. 
Um, and I, and or wholeheartedly, I guess I little little mistake there on the word. Um, but uh, but the um, but if you do have a part time gig and you want to expand it into a business, sometimes it happens naturally. You'll be working with a client, and the client ends up wanting more work and more work and more work, and it ends up being that that client is your main client, and it expands beyond what you thought. Um, the scope and the frequency of the work. Um, but uh, in other times, you know, if you have a client and it's going really well with that client, you could always ask them, do they, you know, I'm thinking of expanding my business. Do you, do you have other people that you work with that you think might need my services and ask for referrals that way? Mm-hmm. Um, so, sometimes you get approached by their people or people they work with anyway. And I, I just had that happen with me last month. I've been doing some work for a nonprofit, and one of the kind of sister nonprofits of them um, contacted me out of the blue on LinkedIn and said, we've been watching your work, and we love what you're doing for them, and we'd love a meeting because we want to talk about if you're able to do this for us. Yeah, that's Um, wonderful. there's, There's ways to do that, but then as your business starts to grow, you really need, if you've been working under your own name and your own social security number, you really need to stop and think, is this the best entity for the work that I'm doing? Um, should you have uh, either an LLC or uh, a corporation, um, depending on how much protection you need for the kind of business you're doing? Um, so that's, that's kind of how you can expand it into a small business um, and then open business banking accounts and create a business website and you know, take a proactive approach to expanding your client base. What about the unsteadiness or sometimes, you know, feeling the workload or sometimes having, you know, one client, one big client instead of a lot of little clients? Talk about that. Um, So the the kind of ups and downs with being self-employed are, they they feel like they're always going to be there, I think. Um, and it, it, it's kind of the, working for yourself and having doing freelance work can be very cyclical. Um, so there's the, first of all, there's just good business philosophy, right, of trying to save for a rainy day all the time and mm-hmm. setting up a retirement account for yourself, which would be an individualized 401k um, and that you can contribute money to regularly to try to save for your retirement and then have an try to save for an emergency fund. Um, and then also, you know, have a budget that you try not to spend. If, if there's a month that's really, really flush, that you still try to spend the same amount that you usually do so that there's money left over in case the next month isn't so flush. Mm-hmm. Um, but so in order to build a successful freelance career, um, it helps to have um, a mix of clients, some smaller, some larger, some longer term, some shorter term, um, because you, you really don't want to get into the situation where you, you have one huge client that you're devoting all your time to, and then if that client suddenly goes away or something happens in your business relationship and you no longer work for that person, then you're stuck because you don't mm-hmm. have other things supplementing it. Um, so the longer-term clients can provide regular and consistent income, while the shorter ones provide in- income boosts. Um, and like I said, it's important to save regularly to tide you over 
um, for the times when things may not be so gushing Mm. or steady. What about mistakes that you feel freelancers often make? What are some big ones that we can avoid? Okay, so my my big one that I've done more times than I'd like to admit um, is the fact that we oftentimes do work for free and we really shouldn't. Um, and or we do it at a deep, deep discount, that, and we probably shouldn't do that either. And the reason why I say that we shouldn't do that is because it sends this message out kind of to the universe and to our clients that what we're doing isn't valuable. Right. Um, so I recommend if there is some pro bono work that you want to do, that you pick one or two jobs or agencies or nonprofits a year that, okay, I agree that I will give them free or discounted work, um, but nobody else, and that you keep your your prices the same, you know, and, and it's pretty easy now online to figure out what the market rate is for, for any kind of job um, mm-hmm. with things like Glassdoor, and if you look at rates on FlexJobs or um, LinkedIn, it I mean, it, you can pretty much figure out what it is you're either supposed to be charging hourly, depending on where you live, obviously, because, you know, what, maybe in the middle of the United States, um, depending on where you live, pay may be very different than it would be in San Francisco, mm-hmm. for example, or New York City. Um, and so uh, those, those are some of the, the big things that I think... The other things are um, that I think you need to think about is if I am doing this kind of work and I want to be paid this kind of money for it, where is my best opportunity to get that kind of money? Right. Um, and, and an example I'll use is uh, I have a, a number of clients, actually, that I do work for that are in the UK. And right. my rates in the UK, or my rates that I charge may be a little high for, let's say, someone in Iowa to pay. But in mm-hmm. the UK, because of the exchange rates, it, I'm, it even works. though my rates seem high in some places, it seems quite reasonable right. to them. Right, right. Jill, we yeah. only have like about two minutes left. Oh, so, <laughs> No, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, a, it's fascinating. Let me just ask you this. Uh, I think what, what, basically what you're saying is charge your rates depending on where you are and what the market will bear. I think that's pretty much what you're saying. So um, just in closing, talking about how a freelancer begins to think like an entrepreneur and what that means. Give us that as kind of a closing and anything else you'd like to let our listeners know that Um, you think are important. We have about a minute now. Okay. Thinking like an entrepreneur means that you treat your business like a business, um, that you cultivate your relationships with your clients, that you take full responsibility for all um, aspects of your business, and that, you know, you, you put your heart and soul into it, just like you would if you were, you were building a business. All right. How can people find you, Jill? Um, they can find me at creatingthefreelancecareer.com or at jillferguson.com. All right. And one of the things I know that you write about is that people should keep their networks going, LinkedIn, Facebook groups, professional organizations, flex jobs, all those things. And you can learn much more if you go to Jill's website. Thanks so much, Jill. It was a pleasure interviewing you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had a fabulous time. 
Thank you. Stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that uh, wraps up this first interview right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We have another one coming up next, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.